Cooking Issues. This is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live from the heart of Manhattan and Rockefeller Center, New York City, Newsstand Studios. Doing as usual with uh, John. How you doing, John? Doing all right, thanks. Yeah? 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 On a Friday, not on a normal yeah, day. Yeah, 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 Friday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And doesn't even have his computer with him, so he's sitting here, like, basically naked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. It's like, you know, in the Bible, there's Adam and Eve, and they have the, they have the laptop across their genitals after they eat the apple. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. No, no, I have to listen to you the whole whole episode. I know. Can't so. buy, you know, nothing to shop for. Yeah. No Discord to go no on. No Discord to go on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tragedy. 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 And uh, rocking the panels, Joe Hazen. Hey, good to see everyone on a Friday. Yeah, how you doing? Do you, what, what's your normal feeling? What what day of the, what, is Friday your Friday? Friday's my Friday, yeah. Oh. I, t- um, I do occasionally work on Saturdays from like by 12 to 4, 12 mm-hmm. to 5. Mm-hmm. Um... But trying to keep it chill with the family on you know on the weekends. Yeah, yeah. Got a lot of cooking to do tonight for the kid. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know it's the the the, the allergy uh, the allergy diet for the week. Oh, so you do the whole week and then you basically yeah, and we use the freezers packed. Yeah. So uh, like uh, you know, Nastasia and I are trying to figure out. Oh, Nastasia and Hammer Lopez back in Connecticut. How you doing, Stas? Good. Yeah. So Nastasia and I for years have been trying to figure out some sort of something where we can convince people that a spinzol is a good thing to have for baby food. But I have to convince myself first. Or I just need to find someone else who is convinced and just let them talk. Right, Stas? Yeah. I think the harder part is you convincing you. Yeah, but I don't care. Like, I don't need to be convinced if somebody else is convinced. Like, the, the, the issue is, is that I don't understand... I don't understand what... Like, first of all... I'm never going to have to make baby food again. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that. I'm done with that. Not if one of your, not if, yeah, what, not if Dax gets yeah. somebody pregnant. Whoa. Get, get somebody. The, your choice of words. Quite interesting there, Saz. Yeah. Not if we knock some, some chick up. Man. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, Louise. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I mean, my, my point is, is I'm pretty sure that my, you know, and also, I mean, I shouldn't say, I mean, like, you know. Whatever. I, I just don't know. I don't know what it is that people want from their baby food that the spins. I'm sure there is something. I'm sure you're 100% right, Nastasia. Maybe someone out there uh, could, uh, you know, figure out like some use for the spins all that uh, is baby food. Oh, by the way. Oh, and Jackie Molecules. We now got Jackie Molecules. And you're out in Molecules land out there in the West Coast? I'm um, in the West Coast. Yeah. Moleculing it up. Yeah. Moleculing it up. Yeah. So, yeah, we need to find someone who, listen, anyone who can figure out a good use for the baby food stuff, like, we'll work with you because uh, that would be a lifesaver, right, Stas? Yeah, it would just be great. Yeah, I would love it. Because you know what? People are willing to spend anything for their babies, right? And then after they have their babies, then you get a whole new set of people that have babies. It's the best. It's the best business. You know, to be in like something where people only need it for a very short period of time, but then new people keep needing it. That's the, that's the answer. That's the way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Until they stop making new people. We, we got at least 10 more years till they stop making new people. I bet. You know what I mean? Don't yeah, you think the hum, know. You know, human race has got at least another 10 good years in it? Safe bet. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not, you know, I won't go, I won't say 50. I don't know, but we got 10. We got 10 in us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, how you doing, Jack? 
Uh, I'm good. Yeah. Did- I'm good. I'm actually, uh, I had a, a last minute uh, change in plans. I'm on my way to San Francisco in a little bit. So, Do you know that San Francisco's airport is one of the largest airport by area in like anywhere and like definitely one of the largest in the country? Why? Like, why would you like it's some, some of the most valuable land anywhere? Why would they have such a giant freaking airport? All the travel to Asia gets routed through there, doesn't it? I don't know. But like, yeah, exactly. but, but like it's been that's, there that's for a right. long time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what made me think of that. I, I guess because you said San Francisco. Yeah? Yeah. But, but And when they built San SFO, there was no travel to Asia. You know, planes would have to like fly, like go to Hawaii and, you know what I mean? Innovative and ahead of their time, Dave. Oh, yeah. Which would be rare for someone in transportation to be innovative ahead of their time. That's Just fair. look at I-95. Right? God, yeah. I mean. What I, a joke. I, it's, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's like the least funny joke ever. Right. So today is Friday, August the what? Fourth. No. No. That was 11th. last week. 11th, 11th. Yeah. 50th anniversary of hip hop. Hey. Today. Today. And oh, I, wow. I found out on my bike ride over here that there was unannounced at the at the Universal Museum of Hip Hop's uh, like doing some sort of concert, I think at Yankee Stadium right now, unannounced. They announced it like 10 minutes before they went on. Freaking uh, Flavor Flav and Chuck D got back together to do a public enemy thing live there that's going on right now. Right now. Instead, you're here with us. And there's no place I'd rather be. <laughs> I mean, I guarantee you there's no way that those folks are getting back together again. Like every time Flavor Flav like tries to make some money or do some weird like public enemy side stuff, Chuck D's like, this is over. It's not part of it anymore. It's done. I mean, obviously he doesn't talk like that, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway. They, they were such, I like that in Chuck T impression. That was good. But it was, I was just, that was my normal, like, you know, I'm a- angry impression. Like, but like, he's like, a, you know, t- like for someone my age, right? So like 52, like public enemy when they're coming out, like in, like as a New Yorker from that time, like his voice is gotta be one of like the top three iconic voices of all time. Like uh, MC voices. You know what I mean? Like just. I mean, Chuck D, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah, whatever. I was thinking, if you went through all of the Public Enemy albums and removed all of like the, like, because Flavor Flav was always given like, aside from his normal hype man stuff, he was always given like one or two tracks that he, he would just basically just be Flavor Flav going nuts. And everyone always loved those tracks, but could you remove them from the Public Enemy and it still be the same, or do you do you need nine one one as a joke? Like you, you need nine one one as a joke, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a great song, no? Yeah. I mean, a lot of his stuff's jokey. I happen to like all of the Flavor Flav ones, like uh, Cold Lampin, Cold Cold Lampin. Yeah. Anyway, Public Enemy. Enough, enough. Uh, so, do any of you guys have any interesting stuff from last week? Because I certainly do. I certainly do. I was in London. No. Yeah. Fancy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my pinky. I'm still trying to push my pinky back towards my cups that, as yeah. I as I as I drink. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there. I was doing a Campari Academy uh, UK, and uh, I'll get into it in a minute. Let's do you guys first. What do you guys got over the past week? What's going on? By the way, Quinn is not able to come on today. He's uh, under the weather. We hope to have Quinn Quinn back for uh, next Tuesday. So uh, you know, we we want to have him back, but you know, he's. Uh, He's not protesting the show. He's just not. He's just, you know, not able to uh, get on right now. So, uh, so what do you guys got? 
Because he always has good things that he's done over the past week. No matter what it is, it's some like crazy experiment he likes to have, you know, get done. Damn. I don't know. Crazy yeah, experiments for me. Oh, it's just been one of those weeks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think like, everyone who's in the industry can relate. This is uh, it's hard work. Well, let's talk about working real hard in the summertime in New York for like, and it being like the worst time to be in hospitality yeah. in New York. Like, God, it's terrible. How much do you love how much it sucks? Yeah. It's miserable. It's slow. Sometimes it gets really busy, which is great, but you can't plan for that. And it's yeah. just. Yeah. Yeah. What about all of like everyone's refrigeration wants to go down in the summer because it's so hot. Oh, the ice machine at the restaurant because the basement's so hot. Yeah. Yeah. It's brutal. Yeah. 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 And uh, none of us I'm, can afford to put compressors, external compressors anywhere. Yeah. We don't have the space and no one will let us put it on the roof and me, 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 me. And like, no one wants to put the investment in because the the ice machine has been working for like three years and we only have another three years on the lease and so everything is always garbage all the time. It just gets worse when it's hotter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where were you guys when we had that blackout in the early 2000s? I was working in the gray bar building. In uh, right near uh, Grand Central. When all the refrigeration, everything went out. Yeah. So people were handing out ice cream. You knew who was a real jerk? The people who wouldn't hand out the ice cream. I'm like, they'd rather have it go bad than, than give the impression that they're yeah. going to give out the yeah, free. Yeah. yeah. Stiles, were you in New York by that time or no? Yeah, I was. And what did you? where were you living at the time? Hell's Kitchen. Oh, me too. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was south. I was, well, I'm in the garment sure. district. Actually, Hell's During Kitchen came online first. Like the power came back there first and we didn't have power in like, so my sister-in-law, Miley, you remember, you know where Sullivan Street Bakery is o- over in the 40s up there? High 40s? Stas, remember where that is? She lived across the street from yeah, there. Sorry. Not on, oh, not on the I radio. Is- yeah, she, she lived across the street oh. from there and she was throwing a party on, I, f- I forget, the power went out. I forget what day the power went out, but she was throwing a party like a day and a half, two days later. And I said, don't worry about it. I'll bring my stereo. Now, my stereo at the time was freaking huge. Like I had these giant speakers that I had made. I had like a thousand watt amplifier that I had built. I had all this stuff. And I was like, yeah, no worries. No worries. Don't worry about it. And I lived on the 20th floor of like a garment district building. And like we, she thought the party was going to be canceled because the power power took two days to get back to me. Her power came back. So we hiked all this. I carried the entire stereo system down 20 flights of stairs to take to her apartment because I am not a bad brother-in-law. I may be bad at other things, but not a bad brother-in-law. Anyway. Uh, yeah. 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 Everyone thought it was. Yeah, uh, I was on the Long Island Railroad when that happened. It was terrible. Oh, man, that does suck. Yeah. Because then, because what are you going to do? Did, they, did you have to get out Nothing. and then walk down the tracks to get home or what? That's exactly right. Yep. No, that's fun. Yay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, am, I, I thank God I was not in the subway. I was above ground. So we just walked down. But I'm sure like, all the people in the tunnels are like, ah, and there's no communication. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm worse. And uh, mm-hmm. that was the one that was caused by some knucklehead in Canada blowing a transformer, right? Yep. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I honestly, to this day, people tell me what happened and I'm like, what? What? Some, some freak in Canada blows a transformer and the little line of a billion dominoes somehow makes it to Manhattan and knocks out like the Everything. biggest city in the country. It was nuts. 
We all thought it was terrorism at first. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We were, I was working at a restaurant, Little Frankie's down in the East Village. And uh, I, I remember when everything went out, we were, we were giving food away. People pulled their cars up to the sidewalk to put their lights on to shine light in. Because, of course, they were still making pizza because they're doing, you know, uh, pizza ovens. Um, like the Vesuvian lava, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. That was a really fun day. Yeah, uh, you, you gotta like, you like, yeah, right. Got to cook everything now. Got to cook everything now because as soon as the power is done, there's no point. Like, if you like, here's the thing: like the deli people were like, maybe if the power comes back on and no one opens the freezer, it'll be fine. Because in fact, your home stuff is fine for like basically a day. If you have enough thermal mass in there, if your fridge is empty, you're gonna lose everything. But if you're full of stuff, like you're okay. For, but in commercial environment, you can't redo that. You're done. Yeah, that stuff's gone. Yeah. And then there, hey, do you guys remember the people who did like leave the ice cream in the case and then try to sell it after the power came back on? It was all like, <laughs> yeah, people suck. Oh, God. People suck. And the dry ice deliveries and stuff. You try to get dry ice and whenever the freezers would go down, but you can't. If the entire city is down, you can't. Everyone love when your power goes out. And at the school, we have these big walk-ins, right? So it was many, 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 many thousands of dollars what you would lose if you lost all of your walk-ins. So we always, whenever we had a power outage, they would bring dry ice in. Yeah. And then we just have to warn people not to go in there or you die. Like, you know, uh, food's going to be fine. You. Not so much. Not so fine. Not so fine. More dead. More not living anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's what we, yeah. Good times. What made you think of the blackout? Uh, as soon as you, sorry, turned to my headphones. Uh, as soon as you were talking about refrigerators and walk-ins and stuff like that, I, I just went back in time. I, I, basically, I just remembered taking the bus home at like two in the morning because of the mess that we had to clean up in the restaurant because it was just a disaster. I just won't ever forget on the bus going home. It was just fully packed. I lived on 104th and 1st Ave. And... Um, some guy kept on insisting that someone was farting in the bus and it smelled like popcorn. He, I think he kind of enjoyed it. It was very, biz- very bizarre. Moment. Yeah. I want to know what they were taking and can I still buy some? Who's farting? It smells like popcorn. I kind of like it. What? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> like, man, I want some of that. Whatever that is. Yeah. I'm, uh, we didn't live in, we had just recently moved out of New York City when the 77 blackout happened. So I wasn't in the city for that, but I heard it was crazy. Like, uh, the other one with the other big blackout was, of course, when we had the hurricane. There wasn't as much looting and stuff as people say. The city was relatively well behaved during that blackout. Uh, with the exception of the traffic lights not working, there'd be like T boned freaking like cars just like littering the intersections. Yeah, yeah, if you looked at us like a satellite image of the city, it was like split. It was like black and white. It was yeah. like 77th and everything north was lit. Everything below was blacked out. Y- yeah, yeah. Uh, Alphabet City was uh, flooded. People were surfing in the streets. It was kind of crazy. So Nastasi at that time was chilling up in Hell's Kitchen, right? So you got your power back like in a day, right, Stas? For the hurricane? Yeah. 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 And Piper, who was working with us at the time, this is when we we're developing this uh, Sears all and all that. And we had just opened Booker and Dax pretty recently. And uh, he lived in Brooklyn. So uh, Nastasia made him, this is like a quest, like a like a like some sort of like bad quest movie. Nastasia literally says, Piper, remember this? Piper, walk over the bridge into Manhattan. 
go to the Lower East Side, find Dave, and tell him that they want to use him on the Today Show. Swear to God. Swear to God. Oh, yeah. Swear to God. And he walked over the bridge and freaking found me because we had no cell service or nothing. It was like, it was like, like a Hobbit situation. You know what I mean? Anyway. Uh, and then I felt, I felt kind of bad, like leaving the neighborhood because it was almost like, I was like, I'm gone people. I'm out. And then we got sent up to uptown and had a, like, oh, power and like showering. Oh man. So fancy showering. Anyway, I'm still mad at the freaking, I'm still mad at the cell tower companies for not having any backup. That was the worst. Yeah. We had to walk all the way up to Midtown for there to be power for us to get phone service to figure out that we weren't going to get power for a week. Jerks. Hey, uh, Stas, Con Ed, on it, right? On it! And they had all their trucks used to... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. In, uh, in Union Square, where there's obviously still no power, that's on 14th Street, so that's like a third of the way up, not even, like quarter of the way up yeah. the island. So I'm there, and I see like a Con Ed person. I'm like, hey, when's the power going to be on? And I thought they were going to be like, oh, like, you know, like two hours, three hours. And uh, the dude was like, uh, no, um, uh, the power is gone. And I'm like, uh, uh, what do you mean? Gone. And he's like, vacation. It, yeah, it, it's gone. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, anyway. Gone. And then we got pummeled by a storm the, the week later. Dude, I don't even remember, man. Nothing. It was freezing. It was Halloween. No, yeah. Oh, Halloween sucked that year. Oh, man, Halloween sucked that year. Yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. Anyway, so uh, anyone else got any uh, fun stuff, uh, non-blackout related, maybe cooking related? Anything? Maybe? Oh, my God. And so then Nastasia got really mad at me during that during the, the Sandy blackout because I, we finally get to go on the Today Show, right? With uh, free, I think it was Kathy Lee was running it, right? So I finally get to meet Kathy Lee. We had met, Nastasia and I had already met Regis back in the day because he came to the French Culinary Institute and we scolded Regis Philbin, right? And then Bethany Frankel said some unkind things afterwards about it. Remember that, Stas? That was you and Mindy, not me. Oh, it was before your time? All right. Well, anyway, so I get to go to the, the, the Kathy Lee and Nastasia was like, I looked so angry and depressed on on that on that thing, Nastasia was like, "You couldn't freaking like the stuff I say to her all the time." She was saying to me, "She was like, you couldn't perk up for even like two minutes for the segment. You look yeah. like you're ready to kill somebody." Yeah, remember that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Remember when the Today Show wanted the wine zombie and you said no? That I don't think that that's accurate. I, I understand what okay. you're saying. I understand what you're saying. I remember something like this, but I don't be I don't remember it being as cut and dry as what you just said. How do you remember it? You tell me how you remember it in a more, like, not just one sentence situation. They said, we want the wine zombie. And you said, it's a stupid idea and we're never going to make that and make it tell them no. Uh, okay. <laughs> Does that sound familiar? No. I, there was many times oh, okay. where we didn't have one set up, so we would have had to build a whole new thing. No, no, we had, we had two. Piper had made two. Whatever. Uh, Piper made Fine. two. Stupid you idea. always roped me into making all of those things all the time. You and Piper would go there, and then you'd be like, "Dave, it's not working," and I would have to come work on it. So all the time, so I'm seen as the bad guy. No, no, no. <laughs> At one time, we had two, but they were always <laughs> broken and janky, and definitely not today show ready, right? And they always had leaks okay. and stuff, but. 
you know, it's always like, oh, Dave says no, Dave says no. But then you're always like, oh, Dave, come do this. I would help you anyway. Like the back of pasta flyer was basically wine Santa assembly like area. I still, we still, Booker and Dax still has the wine zombie parts. So storage, yeah. uh, Santa is basically just a stick with a hoop skirt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The dancing Santa. Did people? Did more people want? Because you actually had three. You had two white Santas and one black Santa, right? Yeah. And so, how many people requested black Santa versus white Santa? Because you gave you used to give them a choice. Zero. Zero. <laughs> Zero. Nobody want. Nobody wanted that responsibility. <laughs> what responsibility? No one wanted black Santa. No. No. Maybe now. Maybe 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 people would want one now. Yeah, it was uh, it was a while ago. Mm. I'm disappointed in humanity again. Uh, I still think we have ten years left in us, though. We'll see. As a group, uh, all right. So, so I don't have a food thing, Dave. Yeah. But you know what did happen to me this week? Listen. I, uh, you know, I've been making. I've, I've been working in digital media for twenty years, and I've ton of archives and I finally decided this was the week that I was going to consolidate all my backups into one organized place and Uh-oh. get everything on the cloud. Uh-oh. And in the exactly in the middle of doing it hard drive dies. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and and let me, let me wait. How good does it get? Does it get like was everything chunked into one big file so you can't even get the stuff that you had beforehand or did you at least get that first half off intact? No, I, 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 it was the last folder was being moved to, and this was idiotic of me, to one hard drive, which was going to be the place I organized the backup, and that's the hard drive that died. Oh, Jesus. So all of it. <laughs> so do you have, like, some sort of forensic weasel working on it? I do, yeah, I do. Is it a Lissy? I should hear. Uh, it's a Seagate. Oh, Seagates are good. Man, you never know. Uh, I don't know. Was it was it <laughs> was it was it solid state or like a real old school hard disk? Sounds like a spinning disk. wasn't solid state. It was just you know regular external USB. So we have to pray to the tech gods that these recovery people are able to save it. Mm, let's all let's all let's all think of Jack's data in our hearts. <laughs> it's just a PSA to all the listeners. Yeah. You know, get on your backups. Keep your things organized. Just send good. Don't be me. Send good thoughts towards Jack's data. White gloves and dust-free rooms. How much does that cost to get them to stuff back? Because, like, basically you need it. So they're like, we'll let you know once we figure out what's on it how much we're going to charge you. You know what I mean? Is it like that? You know, they gave me a flat, they gave me a flat quote. I found a good place doing a little bit of Reddit digging. And uh, it looks like with a replacement drive all in, it should be 600 which is mm. not fun. But I mean, but at know. that price, are they good enough? You need some CIA level people, some NSA weasels on your freaking thing. You know what I mean? God. We'll see. Yeah. Well, they're not going to charge me if they can't get the data. So that's yeah, but if they can't get the data, have they ruined the chance of the next more expensive person getting the data or no. not? It's a great question, but I yeah. sure hope not. Son of a gun. I hope the files are labeled well. <laughs> Cause yeah, they were, they were at least. Yeah, I, I, I've had this problem before, and if they're not labeled well, they comes back decrypted like crazy. Like, well, I have to go through everything. Nah, man. Hey, Stas, this makes our uh, tech problems seem like nothing. Yeah, when you, I was like, F me, and you were like, no, 
F me. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we got it back. That's all. It's all fun. It's all fun. Uh, oh, speaking of fun. So I, I was in uh, England for the Campari Academy UK. They own their whole, the Campari Academy there, they own, or the Campari group own their building which is kind of cool. They have this whole building, which is nice. And, you know, we were at the academy doing um, uh, doing our, our thing. And it was the first time I took our 2.0 uh, styles over there and plugged it into 220 power, and it worked fine. It worked great. So. Huzzah. Yeah. So something's working right anyway, right? No problems, no nothing. Plugged it right in, and away right. it went. Yeah, it was great. You know what I mean? Even, you know, I was a little worried that it might get mad because uh, England's plugs are so goofy. They're the, they're the world's goofiest power plugs. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, America does a lot of stupid things, but UK's plugs are ridiculous. They're like, it's like, it's like the Fisher Price Corporation made the UK's plugs. You know what I mean? They're yeah. like the size of your fist. They're like, you know. Like they look like a lemur monkey's face. They're 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 huge. They are very big. They're like yeah. you know. I'm not. I'm running a. I'm run, it, it doesn't matter. The smallest piece of equipment takes that giant plug. It's like it's not a dryer. What the hell? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, literally the plug weighs more than like the iPhone you're charging. It's ridiculous. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, so. I have to say this. I went, okay, so the food-related stuff, I went to Hawksmoor there hoping to get a Sunday roast, but they were out of Sunday roast. Uh-huh. And I was like, and I was there early. They were like, well, it's more of a lunch thing. I'm like, no, suck it. <laughs> I didn't say that. I said, I'll have something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. But my mind was, suck, suck it. it. You know what I mean? <laughs> also, I went to like, just, you know, like, you know, not like some sort of hyper fancy, again, late, because I landed late, right? And it was the first night when, so I wasn't, you know, hooked up with anyone, right? So I went to get like fish and chips at a, you know, regular fish and chips place near where I was staying. I was staying in Piccadilly and uh, I got there right before they closed. They were out of mushy peas. I was like, why are you alive? And you're out of mushy peas. Cause I love me some mushy peas. Yeah, very good. Love me some mushy peas made with the marrow fat peas, different pea. By the way, people in the United States who like think that they're going to make mushy peas just by cooking regular peas and mashing them up a little bit and like throwing some mint and stuff. Nope. Mm, ah, mm, mm. Different pea, the marrow fat pea. Uh, but in order to make them green, they typically put like baking soda or some other sh- stuff in to keep those things uh, green so yeah. they don't go brown with all the cooking and stuff. They're good. I like them a lot. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, and of course, I mean, those size French fries are never, they call them chips. You know what I mean? In, in, look, in the mind of, uh, cause I had this conversation several times, right? So they're like a French fry is more like a McDonald's thing. Whereas this thing is a chip. I was like, first of all, I will never say crisp <laughs> instead of potato chip. And we just call them all fries here. It's just what size of fry do you want? And those are steak fries. And they are fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're fine. But their fish game was very strong. So, you know, I'd like to see more of that in this country. So even at the very end of the night, I was like, I want the fish and chips. And so the guy goes, I have a, this is what I like. This is just a normal guy on the line at a, you know, mid range, like, you know, chip shop. He goes, I got, I got you. I got a nice piece of haddock. And he opens like his, his fish drawer. Right. And all the full fillet, full fillets are lined up, right. Ready to rock, like being kept really nicely. 
and he pulls out the whole filet, f- like like fresh, not like pre-done or anything, and then does the boop boop bat in the oil with the little hoo boop, you know, the little shoop of like putting the thing in the oil, and then the fish and chip takeaway box because they were closing, so I couldn't stay there. The fish and chip cha- takeaway box is the length of an entire filet, <laughs> and they put the <laughs> chips down, you know, the mad chips that nobody, I mean, they care about them, whatever. And then the fish right on top so that like, you know, it's the ideal way if you have to take a fried food out. And yeah, I was like, okay, win. Good. You know what I mean? You, you have won this, you have won this battle, England. You know what I mean? Uh, So I was, I'd like to see more like fish done that way here. Yeah. You know, but it, I guess it would be hard because everyone's going to want to sandbag and pre, you know, pre uh, get everything ready to fry. So it's super fast because I guess we're not doing enough of it to be able to do it the way that they're doing it. You know, I mean, their volume of fish is just. I mean, also like to charge somebody for a whole side of fish here would be prohibitively expensive. I, don't I think guess. People would yeah. Be to pay that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I was like, that's the way to do it. Yeah. You know. Fish yeah. for nothing, chips yeah. for free. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't even that much money. I don't think. Of course, who knows? Because it's in pounds. Yeah. So yeah. like, my mind is not like, whatever. Yeah. But mainly because I was being brought over by Campari UK. So I was teaching a master class. I'll say this: the freaking like like London is way way ahead of where a lot of we are on specifically things like rotary evaporation. A lot of people are using rotary evaporators over there. And I think it's because their laws don't kind of prohibit it. That's one reason. Uh, But I still have to figure out how they make it, um, how they make it like sustainable from like a business model standpoint, because rotary evaporators are still quite expensive. So I don't really know how the economics of it work over there, but there's a lot of people using rotary evaporators over there now. So uh, the last place I went, I think was the most Rotovap heavy program is the bar with shapes for a name. You heard of this place bar no. with shapes for a name. And so like most of their stuff, all of their stuff is kind of pre bottled and then, and in bat and they pour them out, out of bottles. But like, they have like a bunch of Rotovaps going all the time. And the, uh, I, I learned some stuff because some of the things that I used to hate, Hey, Nastasi, do you remember the old Rotovap, um, connector that we were super excited to get where it, uh, it screwed together so we could open it up and uh, and clean inside of it. The old distillation flask, remember that? Yeah, yeah, it was like a just like a big mason jar, and we were so excited yeah. to get it because like we always hated cleaning out the freaking flask, right? It was easier to lick this one. Well, you could you could put it in dish and get the get the stuff out. Yeah, you know okay. what I mean? But the problem was is it didn't work. It leaked a hundred percent of the time. 100% of the time this thing leaked. So I, I told everyone that, I, you know, the five people I knew that were using Rotovaps, I was like, don't buy it. It sucks. The new one works. Hmm. The new one, it like just quarter turn, click, locks, good, doesn't leak. So that was good. The new uh, the new things to take the, uh, you remember how, Stas, how the little spin doodle to get the flask off? We, people would break the flasks all the time with that little, yeah. that little yeah. freaking metal arm would go over. They would do it the wrong way. We would have people coming in. The first day they were training, people would come in and we'd be like, whatever you do, be careful with this spin doodle, right? And they would just be this spin doodle and they would go <laughs> and break $400 worth of glassware. And we're like, you you know what I mean? Yeah. Stas remembers. And we're like, and, and then we were doing the Homer Simpson. Like, it's still good. It's still good. You know, remember when the pig was flying through the air and he's like, it's still good. It's yeah. still good. We would do the same thing with the, with the distillation flask. Cause we always had so much we had to distill. Right. 
and we didn't, no one ever gave us the money to have spares around. So we would use it up until the point that glass was flying into our eyes. You know what I mean? Anyway, uh, and they, the new vacuums are much nicer and the new vacuum controllers are much nicer. So, you know, whatever, that is what it is. So bars with uh, shapes for name went to Nomad, saw Leo Robichek. Mm-hmm. It's good to see that Nomad nice. is still a, a bar entity over there. Excellent as usual. Uh, went to uh, Tayer in elementary, which is uh, Monica Sue and uh, Alex Cortina. Great. Uh, Monica Berg, Monica Sue, Monica Berg and uh, Alex Cortina. And, um, Amazing program. Didn't front mainly taps, and then hmm. uh, for the for that day, and then I didn't get to go in back because they weren't open that day. Uh, and Artesian, which is old school, like old school, modern, and all amazing stuff. Quaint Dover Yard, just a really good time. And then the last stop I made uh, right before I had to leave Neil's Yard Dairy, and I got super stinky cheese. I had like all of my stuff with me, like my backpack was full. So I had to put it down and I just got, I got really amazing cheddar, really amazing Stilton and Stilton the likes. And then I was like, the guy was like, I don't recommend you bring these softer wash wine cheeses home with you. I'm like, I don't really care what you recommend. And I brought home like these thing, like this thing that was kind of like a long gray, which called Saint, Saint Sarah or something like that. And then something that was called like roll right roll right and it was basically like a first tracasa so it's like like almost like vacheron style but with a piece of spruce wrapped around it okay yeah and i brought them on the plane which was not cool but tasted delicious Mm -hmm. tasted delicious (laughs) i was like people were like what the hell i'm like i just smell bad this is just me i just smell like this all the time can you see how much i'm sweating yeah 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 i'm a super sweaty smelly man you know? Yeah. And you can't really, if you don't know cheese is around, you don't know it's cheese. I'm not going to tell the guy next to me that it's cheese. This is a terrible thing to do. I don't recommend it. I should not have done it. The guy was right and I was wrong. But the cheese is delicious. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think feel like Stas's would be. Stas would have brought home the cheese if Stas wanted the cheese, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, what do you- No. No? You're saying you wouldn't? You're saying new Stas wouldn't have brought the cheese home? Not cheese, No. I feel like old stuff. Well, if you stuff. liked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stuff likes something. She will, she'll break the rule and bring it home. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it was something you cared about that also smelled bad. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Zev writes in, I just watched a pretty convincing video claiming to debunk the necessity of gently folding in egg whites and angel food cakes, souffles, etc. Curious to get Dave and the team's reaction to this heresy. No, it's true. Like uh, folding, um, folding is an ineffective technique that I think that tends to, uh, this was first debunked like maybe 15, 20 years ago by the Cook's Illustrated team where they were doing, I'm, for some things, I'm not saying for every recipe, but for angel food cake specifically, just uh, dump the stuff in, leave the whisk and just go whoom, 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 quickly combine it because you can combine the stuff together in like two seconds that way. And I think you actually get less deflation. And so does Chris Kimball and the rest of the people that tested it at Cook's Illustrated. So to me, you know, uh, I just incorporate it quickly, but I still use the machine to incorporate it. When you're sitting there and folding, nothing's worse when you're making the angel food cake than the streaks of egg white that haven't been incorporated. And I'm like, you, my friend, were too afraid of uh, deflating it. So instead you've handed me trash. You know what I mean? It's like, it's gotta be well combined. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? And the fastest, most effective way to combine it is to just leave it in the equipment. Just don't run it forever. You know what I mean? Uh, what were the other things that they said that uh, they made? Souffl- I haven't tested it with souffles. I'm sure, I'm sure all of these things are the same. Like by the time you fold it with a spatula enough that you have thoroughly combined it, then especially like in a souffle or something where the real problem is you're folding fat into egg whites and so it's deflating like a mother, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, by the time you're done trying to get the streaks out, just you should have just used the machine. Whoop, 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 done. You know what I mean? Anyway, that's my feeling. Uh, Dave Kleiman, I've been doing sous vide since 2009. Uh, that being said, I was doing beef cheek, beef burgundy style. Uh, the bags were are well sealed. You know, I've, I haven't cooked cheek in like a billion years. I don't even remember the last time I cooked Delicious. cheek. Delicious. Yeah. Do you know what I don't enjoy? Okay, don't get mad. Uh, so like, I like Asabuco a lot, like veal shank. I mm-hmm. love myself some veal shank. I love myself some lang- lamb shank. I love myself some, some pork, pork shank, beef shank. I don't know. Yeah. I'll agree. Yeah. You agree? Yeah. All right. All right. So someone will get mad at me, but it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not as bad as bear. Oh my God. That bear tasted bad. Oh my God. Uh, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. That being said, I was doing beef cheek, beef burgundy style. You want to, uh, Mr. Francophile, give give the rundown on beef burgundy? Beef bourguignon? Yeah. Uh, yeah, beef cheek, I guess, seared off, uh, throw in a little flour, butter, make a little roux, add uh, red wine, cook it down, add stock, carrots, onions, cook it down, then towards the end, oh, and bacon, too. Add uh, pearl onions towards the end. Little cubes, little little cuby cubes of bacon. Yeah. yeah. But not no, smoked, right? No, not smoked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Parsley over some potatoes. and That sounds good. good. Yeah. That sounds good. I like that. Very good, yeah. You say use the, the tiny pearl onions or your pearl onion man? Yeah. Frozen pearl onions. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, we didn't know about this. Yeah. We talked about this. All right. Uh, the bags were well sealed in a vacuum chamber sealer. All the veggies were browned. The alcohol would say, okay, so the reason I'm being told this is the veggies were browned, i.e. if you, you have to sweat the veg you use in sous vide so that you get rid of the air that's in it. You're trying to collapse them down a little bit and get the air out of them. That's the, one of the main things you're doing by doing that. Alcohol from the red wine was cooked off. That's another thing that can volatilize in the bag. Plus, also, it won't evaporate, so it's going to throw off everything. Uh, the meat seared. By the way, one thing I would say, each pack was marinated overnight for 36F, uh, and the bags are immersed in a large, well-insulated bath, maintaining a temperature of 140 Fahrenheit, which is 60 Celsius for all you uh, people who, you know, use the correct, uh, you know, cooking, uh, you know, degrees for this. I'm going to say one thing beforehand, and I don't think this is the cause of your problem, Dave, but uh, when you're doing um, braises in a bag— and maybe you did this, but you didn't specifically say so in, in your prep. Uh, you want to over-reduce your sauces, like almost until when they're cold, they're like ping pong balls. And the reason, assuming it's got gel in it, and the reason you want to over, 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 over-reduce is that if you don't, uh, all of the liquid that comes out of the meat as it's quote unquote braising in the bag is going to take it in. The sauce is going to become so thin that you're like almost in 
uh, say pot in a nice way. pot Yeah, you're almost right. in that kind of a zone of like uh, liquid levels, which is not what you're looking for in this kind of a braise. You want kind of a more unctuous sauce. So to get that unctuous sauce in the end, especially because meat cooked in a thin sauce doesn't taste the same as meat cooked in a thick sauce. So um, it's not the same thing to drain it and reduce it. Plus also reducing bag sauces, you have to skim the life out of them because all of the weird proteins that coagulate later because you had never boiled it will float up and gunk up your, your, your stuff. So in my opinion, it is better to over-reduce your sauces when they're going to go into uh, the bag, just in general, um, so that they come out closer to what you want. And the same is, actually, this is one of the main problems with braises in a pressure cooker, is uh, when you're in a pressure cooker and you're doing uh, a braise, you can't have it be so thick that it scorches before it comes up to temperature, right? Uh, and it, the thicker your sauce, your your braising liquid is in a pressure cooker, the much higher the chance that you get scorching, especially if you like, you know, what, old school, remember the old school like recipes, you, like you'll layer the bottom with onions and then put your stuff on top and then liquids. And those onions are kind of like a barrier. So if there's any kind of scorching on an onion, it does it's not as bad as scorching some of the other things, right? If you do that in a pressure cooker, you have to add even more heat so there's more scorching because you still need to get it up to pressure, right? Mm. So thickness in pressure cookers is a problem. That's why what I like to do is I like to do the cheat that I learned from the Belgians, which is I put the liquids in the bottom with like – along with the alliums, I still do that, meats, and then the four slices of dark bread on yeah. top with the freaking mustard. You close that su sucker up. And if you take the crust off the breads, because the crust doesn't melt so much, but if you take the crust off the breads, I don't, though I leave the crust on because I don't care. And once you pressure cook it, you can just stir that bread into the, into the braise and it f fundamentally disintegrates into almost like, you know, uh, like a ribolito kind of texture and it's the best. And that way you get the best of all the worlds. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's okay if the sauce get th gets thick once you're up at pressure. It's w if the sauce gets thick before you hit pressure that there's problem because you need to get the entire vessel up to temperature and pressurized before you turn the heat down. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And you know you're, you have a problem if you're using like an induction burner like the Control Freak, right? So on a Control Freak, uh, mine talks Fahrenheit. Sorry, people. That's like. Like uh, you're shooting for 259 Fahrenheit, which is like like second ring, 15 psi. But in on all honesty, you're always keeping it two degrees below because um, it'll actually make the inside a little bit hotter. How it's working, at least mine does. I haven't calibrated it in a long time, so you're rocking it right around there. So if you notice that you have to set your pressure cooker up to like 275, 260, 275 to get it to come up to pressure that you've gone, that there is some reason it's too thick or there is something burning on the bottom of your pan that's stopping it from coming up to pressure quickly. Uh, anyway, enough of that because uh, that wasn't Dave's question. Um, each pack was marinated overnight. The bags were immersed in a large, well-insulated bath, maintaining a temperature of 140 Fahrenheit for 72 hours. Up until this 24-hour uh, point, all was well. Uh, at about 41 hours, I noticed some puffing in one bag. Well, get this. It's even worse. I'll talk about uh, uh, I observed some puffing in one bag and more puffing in the other. Man, just like give me the, give me the bad and then the worse. Um, I checked all the temperatures, uh, the bath, as well as the steamy air above the bath. Everything was at 140. So why the puffing? Um, 
It's a good question. So 60 is nowhere near, like a lot of the times you'll get puffing in bags that are, uh, you know, down like more like 55, 56, 54, and the bags get close enough to each other or they're touching each other such that there's a zone in there where the temperature is not high enough to kill bacteria fast enough. They make a little bit of gas, then that gas puffs up. Once it puffs up, you can't get good thermal contact into it. And sometimes those bags will then never get up to temperature. And, you know, we have done ones where you open it and it smells like cheese. It's just like not okay. The worst was um, we once did a thing and and they set up a – because we used to run like um, confit, right? When we weren't allowed to use bags, we used to actually – the old-style circulators, you could circulate fat. So we would get like big buckets of like lard or chicken fat or butter or whatever we had, sometimes just cheap fat, you know what I mean? And uh, we would circulate the fat. The fat doesn't um, move around very well. So you get very big temperature gradients in fat. And also fat is not as good at – um, heat transfer as water. It's like not nearly as good. So it's very easy when you're trying to rock low temperatures to have large gradients and to really have a problem if there's not a lot of movement. So we threw a bunch of pork into this fat and came back in 24 hours later. The entire um, amphitheater smelled like bad cheese. You remember that, Stas? Oh my God. Oh my God. We threw it all away. There's that one second when you're like, Maybe we can rectify yeah. this, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every cook knows what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's that one second. You're like, I, we can fix it. We can fix it. And then and then your reality snaps. You're like, nope. Nope. <laughs> this is toast. Yep. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. That was the worst. Because uh, we used to do fat all the time, uh, like fat holding in the restaurant, right? Because uh, at the time, like they didn't want to have a HACCP plan for the students because what a nightmare to have the students kind of doing a HACCP plan. But they still wanted to do a lot of these low temp things. So in order to have things not have to come out of bags, no matter how they were cooked, they would hot hold in oil with a circulator. And then you'd pull them hot hold out of the oil, do the serve off, a sir, a sear off, but they were only being held for like a couple of hours. They'd already been cooked. Yeah. Anyway, still a good technique, but it paints so much oil. And then you have to like, you know, technically after a while, all the water sinks to the bottom and that stuff's not safe. Yeah. Right. So every day or so you have to like heat, all, get rid of the water and heat all the oil, right? Because you don't want to be incubating crap in the water that's yeah. sinking to the bottom of your, uh, of your oil bath. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So I don't know what caused that puffing, man, because 140, 60 Celsius is way above the temperature where most of that stuff is going to happen. All of the stuff like bones, um, stuff like, you know, any residual air in your carrots, that would have happened in the first couple of hours as it was coming up to temperature, not after hour 21. You're definitely getting something growing in that. And so I don't know. um, Some things that can happen – is uh, and I don't know that anyone has fixed this recently, but um, uh, I had once someone come in, you know, the nighttime, like the porter, unplugged my circulators, and like cleaned a bunch of stuff. Right now, they didn't plug it back in, so when I came in in the morning, I knew all my stuff was ruined. Right, but I don't know whether maybe you had some sort of like human caused power interruption. And then something could, you know, generate in there, cause gas, and then puff up. I don't know. 
Uh, I'd be curious to know how they smelled, although smell is not an indicator of safety at all. Smell is not an indicator of safety. In fact, that's one of the main dangers of uh, vacuum bagging is, is that the stuff that causes spoilage inside of a vacuum bag often doesn't smell. So I don't know. That's uh, maybe anyone sends me uh, stuff, uh, you know, let me know. I have a PID oven set to 140 for making garum. So temporarily I stuck the bags in there, but what should I do next? Chill and revacuum, then observe for more puffing, throw it all out, boil it, heat it to 155. I think it's toast, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, hit up the bug counter and uh, Ben Schaefer uh, over, you know, on risky or, or not. Um, and, uh, no, Ben Chapman and Don. Yeah, I'm getting not, all, everyone's, not Garrett Richard. I, I'm, yeah. getting, I'm getting all my names freaking mixed up today. Monica's name, everyone's name. My brain's a little bit confused. But um, yeah. So yeah, I wouldn't, tr- uh, I wouldn't trust it. Once it puffs like 24 hours later, I don't understand. Unless the bags were compromised. But then you typically, you'd also see a lot more liquid in it. Usually- You'd see a lot more liquid if the bags were compromised, but I don't know what's going to grow at that temperature. It's not, but it sounds unpleasant to me. Beef Nog, licking the Rotovap. Are you licking the Rotovap to sense the presence of spiciness? Is there any non-human tasting way to measure the presence of spiciness? Well, Nastasi thinks I'm a non-human way to taste the spiciness, but I wasn't going to do it because then I wouldn't be learning So does John. What? Oh, I did a poll at my restaurant. Yeah, people don't agree also. They think you shouldn't lick the spiciness? No. Yeah. yeah. Eh. Well, you couldn't get away with it. Why? Because you'd get in trouble. For what? We went over this last time. It's like somebody said it's like frat hazing. Why is it like frat hazing? Because you're, we, we did this last time. Yeah, but somehow make me understand it. I know. Well, I, but we're not going to understand each other. Well, no, but like, yeah. I know it's like, why is it like frat? What is the similarity between frat hazing and this? I, so you don't understand it because you no, can't explain like, it to me? Like, like, what is the similarity? It'd be like having somebody eat a, a habanero. No, it would not be like that. I know it's different. <sighs> I would never make someone do that. Ever. No, I know. I know. But it, it's, there's still, you just couldn't get away with that stuff now. But, it's just different. Yeah, but like, it's like, what I'm hearing is just, oh, sounds bad, robot, sounds bad. What but, I'm not hearing is yes. why it's like that other thing, which is bad. So yeah. like, hazing, bad. Yeah. How is this like that? Because if you're forcing, you're making... Wait, they're a cook. Yes. Okay. So they're yeah. cooking foods yes. that are going to be served to people. Yeah. And tasting is part of being a cook, making sure yeah. that the stuff you're putting out tastes right. Yes. Okay. So we, we agree on this. Yes. So how is this like hazing? Because there's pain involved. No, I didn't say... It's not... If they've cleaned it so poorly yeah. that it's painful... Well, yeah. Then... Yes, I know. There then, is that asterisk that they need to have cleaned it properly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you clean it yeah. very thoroughly, <laughs> yeah. and then you test it to see if there's residual spiciness. Yeah. It's not painful. It's just residual spiciness. Yeah. Yeah. So varying how degrees is it like, of residual spiciness. What? There can be varying degrees of residual spiciness. Should, and again, yes, this is like predicated on them cleaning it properly, and if they don't clean it properly like it's on them it's still spicy but yeah and and then everything is ruined for everybody i understand yes so how is this like hazing is where you make somebody do something embarrassing or messed up or painful just to make them feel bad this is i need a piece of equipment to not ruin everybody's time and you are cleaning it and need to verify that it is clean and so i don't understand how these two things are related because i'm don't they don't have to do it in public they don't have to show me. They don't have. Well, I don't. We don't take pictures of them and laugh them. In public. Yeah, you are. You're doing it with all of the whatever they're with whatever their classmates you have around. Yeah, 
Yep. It's, it, the, hazing is about public embarrassment. No one's ever like, go home, tell me you did something, and then come back. You're hazed. That's not how it works. No. Yeah. Right. So these are unrelated. You don't need to do it in front of me. You don't need to do anything. You need to test it with your tongue, the only piece of equipment you have that can detect whether you've cleaned it properly yeah. and then clean it again. Not yes, related. But this, they're not cleaning this in the vacuum of their home. Right, they're doing this in like the context of a class or of a school. It's in public. They can go wherever they want to test it. I don't watch no, them clean the whole thing the whole time. And, and like, they're, and these they're are trying. unrelated. They're unrelated. I, this is one of those things that just bends me because, like, it's one of those things where sounds bad, is not bad. So it's like, like, and you know, I think like we have enough things in the world that are bad. Yeah. That to like think that things that aren't bad are the things that are bad. Pisses me off because it's it's free. Yeah, but that's it's, yeah, but that's how the world's working now. Okay, well, yeah. you know, no, I don't think Nastasia no, no, and I no, inherently have that. problems with what you're doing. I would do it. I think Nastasia would too, but you couldn't make people do that now. You would get some kind of backlash. But that ba- is true. but based on what? Based on it being what? Based on not wanting to do things that they don't want to do or feel like. You know, they're being hazed. Okay. Feel like. Well, initiated. Uh, what'd you say? Force. Say, say what? Initiated by force. Wait, what? Unpleasantly initiated. Is this Jordana Rothman? Wait, what? so, so what is, so Jordana Rothman, welcome to the show. What, what is it that you said? I couldn't hear what, I couldn't hear exactly what you said. What'd you say? I said, unpleasantly initiated. This is not an initiation. You don't. That is you're, an you, unpleasant you're, initiation. Right. Your first experience with our team isn't where you get to use the most expensive piece of equipment we had. These are all people who are trained, who are like members of the team and have been members of the team for a long time. This is not something you have to do to get into the team. This is something that happens when something goes wrong while we are making something with an incredibly expensive piece of equipment that's taking hours of work to make something that we're going to serve to a bunch of people. So again, I don't see how they're related. You have to prove that you're worthy of using the most expensive piece of equipment. You have to prove you're worthy way before you clean the machine. No, you don't have to lick it. You don't have to lick it. No. No. Why not? Well. well so how is it, how are we going to test it? How are we going to see whether or not? I mean, I do it when I, when I make Why the mistake. I, I do. Why don't you do all the licking. I do. If I'm cleaning the machine, you be I the lick only it. Liquor. No, that's so stupid. I know you lick it. I know. I love to lick it, but that's the stupidest thing. Uh, I mean, in in the pantheon well, of things I've heard you say, liquor. it doesn't make any sense. I want you to tell me in the reality why someone who is fully trained. If I'm telling them how to run the rotary evaporator, and if I make the mistake and I'm cleaning it, that's the only way for me to test. And if I'm not the one making it or cleaning it, that's the only way for them to test. They're already in the club, Jordana. They're already part of the team. So why is it that it's it's, actually it's, it's not hazing? A brotherhood? Uh, actually, we had about half men and half women. Listen, first of all, I have a meeting. (laughs) Hey, you're the one that came on. You're the one that came on. I wanted to say hello. Hello. But I do think that as a leader, it's on you to be house liquor. 
uh, that and is not that is not good training. That's clearly an important role. That's Everyone saw me lick. Role. Everyone saw me lick. Heavy is the head that licks the spindle. Everyone, the everyone is. So what you're saying is, see, what I'm getting out of this is that I don't trust them enough to let them lick it. I don't care about them enough as people or as cooks to train them to do a good job. What you're saying is, is that I have to take all this. I, I, in other words, I can't trust anyone to be a real human being or a decent cook or care about their guests enough to make sure that their product is good. And instead, I have to have all of the control myself, right? All of the control of everything is only on me and crap on those people who are working. They are just peon idiots and can't, can't be trusted to make a good product. Is that what you're saying? Because that's what it feels like to me. Because that is oh, what you're doing Dave. when you're licking the Rotovap is you're proving that you're making a good product for the people that you're making product for. That is honor. That is being a cook. So to only that's do it honor. myself means I don't respect them at all, that they are filth, that they are worthless, you know, just interns who have no uh, worth to me at all. That's what that means to me. fired. Well, I, we can't fire people because they were also <laughs> students. They were also students. So they were also our customers. But, uh... Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like... Love my time with you, Dave. What? I love my time with you. Yeah, me too. You got to come <laughs> back more often. You're all the way, you know, up there in Hudson. You're in Hudson, right? I'm in this area, but okay. I will say that I've suffered a, a really intense injury from licking a rotovap. This is a lie. Um, this is a lie. Care. This is a... People, this is a complete <laughs> lie. <laughs> this is a complete lie. It was so spicy. It was so spicy why, why that you, it, it pulled a membrane off of my why, tongue. Why'd you, and do, now, why'd you do such a bad job cleaning it the first time you, around? You forced me to do it. And you know what? I didn't clean it. You did. That is not <laughs> the case. This is, just making it, this is all fabrications, which I appreciate them, though. You know what, Jordana? Here's why I miss you, because you can just say, and we won't go too far into it, a fabrication, a full-on fabrication with a straight face. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is a skill. That is a, definitely a skill. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So how's it going? Well, I think How- you have to. I'm going to step in and receive this compliment, which I just heard and will receive it as a compliment. Yeah. Because the other night, Nastasia made me go to a bar that she claimed was a gay bar. And there's never been a gay person in there until I walked in. And um, I was so bored that I had to tell a few of the assembled locals that I was a Northeast distributor for wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube men. Oh my God. Um, and I just love the joy and the cheer that it brings. And that's what it's all about. And live life, live, laugh, love. All right. Let, wave. Me, let me, let me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Jordana. So, I mean, did you come up with that on the spot? Cause that is like, of all the things you could have picked, like, that is amazing. And I'm sure the follow-up questions were fantastic, right? First of all, this all checks out you that Nastasia they, would say it's a gay bar. This checks out. This all checks out. <laughs> you know, but that's a genius thing. I have questions about those things. I mean, even though like I know it's a lie, I might ask you about them. Like how custom are they? How long does it take to get them? You know what I mean? Has your business really gone up? Because the CBD, they're perfect for CBD shops, for like the weed shops. I mean, because they're kind of like, you know, She's gone. you know, Anyway, yeah, yeah. Anyway, nice, nice try, nice try, (laughs) people. Nice try. 
beef now. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, is there any non-human way to, to measure the presence of spiciness? Uh, I know the Scoville scale scale for whole peppers, but presence of spicy. Is there any way to measure bitter? Uh, you could measure the, in, in twenty in fifteen to twenty years. We'll all be able to just uh, shoot it with a. Um, you know, with a, a an infrared, near infrared uh, spectrometer, and um, we'll know instantly what's in it. You know, but that's fifteen years away. Until that, all I have is my tongue. You know what I mean? And you know, crap on anyone who I, 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 I'm gonna die on that freaking hill. I'm gonna die on that freaking hill. Uh, Michael of a hobby, uh, looking to make, oh, we're out of time. Looking to make all spice drams. It's impossible to find in Canada hosting a little party on the 18th. Would love to serve Navy grog from tropical standards. I do have access to all spice oil. They don't use the oil. They use, uh, I mean, maybe they do commercially, but they just use allspice. And I know that allspice generally has 2.5 milliliters of volatile oil per 100 grams of allspice. Can I just use the allspice oil in place of steeping cracked allspice for two weeks? Let me know. If you're going to do that, um... Uh, you're going to make it really strong. What I would recommend is get get you some gum arabic uh, and use gum arabic uh, as an emulsifier and then emulsify it in. And it's not going to be 100% stable, yeah, uh, because you're making it that way. And there's other flavors from the allspice. So what I would do is I would uh, maybe steep some allspice under some heat and then you could try to emulsify some of that oil and let me know uh, how it uh, works. And uh, Devin, I'll get next time to your question on wheat for flatbreads, but... If you buy flatbread, you mean that you're making shapati or that kind of flatbread, let me know because it's very different. That's a very different kind of flour, and we'll deal with it in I mean, next week's only a couple days away. It's Tuesday. So let us know. Cooking issues. Cooking issues.